0: gonna say it, but somebody should. Let's talk about Tune Time, let's talk about wine, yeah, yeah, asking the questions that nobody should. Like who are the Bone Thugs and are they in home? Hey, everybody, welcome. Uh, I have a cold or a flu or hantavirus. Um, I'm pretty sure I don't have the dreaded COVID 19 um, because I took a test. And also, Poonmaster Flex, who got sick first, took three tests two at homes and one, you know, like real test. And uh, all negative. So, the four tests taken in this household have been negative. I gotta say, like, the uh, the fucking at-home COVID test is a lot more complicated than I thought. I, I do wonder, because they're like, oh, it's got this uh, percent error or whatever, but I'm like, I mean, this is kind of difficult. I wonder if uh, a large percent of these fuck-ups are because, like, it's hard to do. It's like, once you've done it successfully... It's pretty easy, but uh, the first time you do it, you're like, wait, what? Do this, then this, and then whatever? And then it makes sense at the end of it, but there's just like, unscrew this cap, open this package, do this with this, do not do this with this. I don't know, maybe I just gotta watch like a little video or something. But anyway, it's uh, probably a cold or something like that, and then... Uh, the third option is hantavirus because we had a mouse in the house. Um, we found a a, <laughs> a Dorito bag that had been shredded in a mouse-like fashion, and then we did find a few mouse droppings. So we spent the entire uh, a.m. portion of Saturday cleaning out the pantry, looking for a mouse nest, trying to figure out where they were coming from. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where are you living, asshole mouse? <laughs> um, we didn't find any, you know, mice or mouse nests or anything like that, but, you know, we, we cleaned out the pantry, which was good. We cleaned out uh, a whole bunch of things that Pete is going to get to someday and probably never will. For example, I've been saving plastic grocery bags to uh, turn into cordage. Which I figured out how to do from an online tutorial. And I was like, oh, this is a good, like, while I'm watching TV activity, I will make, like, you know, twine out of these old plastic bags. And then what will I do with the twine? Who knows? But so now I had, like, uh, bags and bags full of plastic bags. And uh, we just had to get rid of them. We had to pitch a bunch of shit. So, uh, good news, bad news. For the environment, bad news. Real bad news. Uh, But for, you know, for me personally, it's like, you know, sometimes, let me put it this way, I'm sitting in a room that has seven typewriters in it, and, uh, you know, one of the goals for today that I probably won't get to is to figure out which ones are in working order and which ones aren't, and which ones I can likely fix and which ones I can't. And then what am I going to do? And probably let's get down to a reasonable, like, two typewriters. Because that's two more than I need. Um, So (laughs) this is the kind of thing. Pete gets into a thing, and then he's doing a thing, and there's really no point to it. But here we are. So anyway, plastic bags. So we didn't find the mouse. We set a couple uh, mouse traps. But it was of a variety that I bought a couple years ago for, we had mice outside. And so I bought a trap, like a a humane trap, you know, that doesn't kill the mice, to try and get the ones that were seemingly living probably under our front steps. Uh, We didn't catch a single mouse. And I I tried this two summers in a row and we did not catch any mice. And uh, I don't think that trap was working for whatever reason. So I had these other traps, but I never put them outside because I was like, I don't know, I don't know what the ethics of trapping a mice, a mice, a mouse outside are. That seems like that's their zone. As long as they're not coming onto the porch, if they're on the concrete steps. I guess I can live with that. So I just uh, I spread some stuff around that's supposed to repel them, not like poisonous shit. It I don't know it smells like cedar or something. It wasn't unpleasant, but anyway, we put out the the other mouse traps I had that were not humane uh, and also didn't work at all. And so when I went looking online because I was like, maybe we need some different traps, because you know the next day I was like, well, there's definitely been a mouse around again, um, but you know no no trap action. And when I went looking online, it seems they don't actually manufacture that kind anymore. Uh, Which probably tells you what you need to know about it. So I got some uh, deadly ones. And you know, I'm not like the biggest, like, kill all the things. But, uh, can't have a mouse in the house. That's not gonna work. I cannot coexist with a mouse. We have a bug cup. And you know, when there are bugs in the house... We try and get them in the cup and toss them outside. For some reason, we had a bunch of ladybugs at one point. Like, every couple weeks, there'd be one just crawling along the ceiling. And I was like, I don't know what ladybugs want out of life. But I'm pretty sure this isn't it. Also, a dead ladybug looks a lot like a live ladybug. Uh, Just weirdly, it's more orange. I don't know. There's something, there's there's a poem in there. For a, you know, 20 to 21-year-old Pete. Writing about how the colors of a dead ladybug fade. As do our wants and desires. We don't really know. Aren't we all really the ladybug crawling along the ceiling? Not knowing what we're trying to do or what our desires are. A poetry collection by Pete. So anyway, I, I got the, the real traps... And, uh, we put those out and we got a mouse immediately. Well, sometime during the night. Now, unfortunately, uh, the trap didn't finish the job. And so the mouse, uh, I, I, we don't need to get into the details of, of all that. But, uh, you know, as much as, as much as I'm like, we can't have a mouse in the house and whatever, I'm also like, I I didn't really, I didn't want to torture the mouse I wanted him to be, uh, looking around, find some peanut butter, and then it's just lights out, right? Sorry. Sorry for that noise. Uh, and that's not what happened. So, you know, I had to, uh, pick up the trap in a plastic bag and then sort of release the mouse from the trap so that I could finish him as they would say in Mortal Kombat It's possible, I guess I could have let him go, but it seemed like he was uh, in a condition that letting him go was also not the best thing for him. I don't know. I just wish, if I could convince, it's again, it's the way I would like to have an interaction with spiders as well, which is like, if the spiders and I could just come to an agreement and I would be like, "Let's, let's talk about spots in the house where you can be, and if you stick to your areas, I'll stick to my areas. I think we'll all be happy. You know, upper, upper ceiling corner in the garage, that seems like an acceptable place for spiders to just be. And I'd be like, you know, as long as you stay up there, I'm cool with that. And I'll even, like, I'll leave the garage open and let bugs fly in here. How about that? But, you know, when the spider is like... Uh, When I open the toilet and the spider is underneath the toilet seat or something, I'm like, no, that's not going to work. Mice are the same deal. Like, if you would live in the bushes outside the house, if you want to live under the concrete steps, we can make that work. Uh, If you try to, like, make your home under our dishwasher, we're going to have a problem. Uh, Also, you can't just take dumps right next to a bag of chips that pisses me off I, you know come on man could you at least not take a dump right there I was reading a thing about mice and mouse behavior and stuff too and it was like mice like to poop where they eat and I was like do they like to or do they just do it you know what I mean I don't know if like to is really the correct correct terminology so anyway, I was like, well, maybe I've got Hantavirus from uh, cleaning up after a mouse. I don't think so. I don't have most of the symptoms of Hantavirus. And uh would never think that I had Hantavirus if I didn't know there was a mouse around our food and stuff. But uh, I, yeah, anything's possible. Why not? Why not have Hantavirus? Why not be the only... Everyone's talking about the uh, resurgence of... The new B.A. to whatever. And I'm like, hey, I'm kicking it old school over here with fucking Hantavirus. Also, doesn't that sound like something a ghost should get? Hantavirus? That's a, a grandpa joke for you. At any rate, here's our, uh, here's our plan for today. Uh, I decided because New York Times op-eds sometimes seem weird to me. Uh, And they seem to have weird opinions that then people are like, oh my god, this is what people think. So I decided to find some, and just based on the title, write, uh, well, orate my own op-ed on the topic. This is kind of modeled after uh, an activity from my beginning poetry class where The teacher was like, look through this book of poems and pick a title. Don't read the poem and just start your own poem with that title. It was good. It was a good idea for like beginning poetry students because, uh, you know, it gives you a starting place. And so you don't have to just come up with everything on your own. You can kind of be like, all right, I at least have something. The poem I did was I wish in the city of your heart, which I was like, that's a nice, nice poem. And then I wrote one, and then I was terrified that what I wrote, I was like, what if it's like exactly like the poem in the book? So then I did check the one in the book, and it was nothing like it. But I was like, I guess that's possible. (laughs) So anyway, uh, here I got some titles, and we're just going to go through them. Pete's going to give his own take on them. Uh, Here's one. Why are there so many shampooers in New Jersey? Is this even like a, an opinion, or is this just a question? You know what I mean? Like, is this a, uh, what the hell's going, why are there so many goddamn shampooers in New Jersey, or is it just like, here's why there are so many shampooers in New Jersey, I just titled this in a question format. I mean, it seems obvious to me. It seems like people in New Jersey, uh, well, the stereotypical ones have big hair. Big hair seems like a New Jersey thing. So it it stands to reason that there'd be a lot more shampooing people in New Jersey, right? I also feel like New Jersey people might be likely to uh, have like little little dogs. And uh, maybe you could open a salon that shampoos dogs and people. And that would be successful. I don't know, I could be wrong. I feel like uh, now... Combining dogs with a business is the way to, uh, it's the modern equivalent of like, was it a Simpsons joke or something where it's like, just take an existing invention and add a clock onto it. So you've got like a clock radio, a clock, this a clock, that, and now it's like, Oh, this is a brewery for dogs. This is a restaurant where dogs can come. You know what I mean? This is a, uh, a swimming pool for dogs. So that's why there's so many shampoos in New Jersey. Duh. All right. Here's the next one. Quit telling me to conquer my fear. If I do the thing I'm terrified of, I don't see how that's a great accomplishment. <laughs> this is awesome. Cause it just feels like uh, quit telling me to conquer my fear. I don't see how that's a big deal. And it's like, everyone's telling who's telling you to conquer your fear. But also it's like, Boy, this person seems like a real uh, real good-time Charlie, huh? Stop telling me to conquer my fear. Even if I conquer it, it's not like it's a big accomplishment. And you're just like, okay, you seem fun. <laughs> I wonder what this person's fear is. You know, and like, I wonder if I would agree that it's an accomplishment. I guess don't tell people to conquer their fears. In general, because like, they're just going to be, they're going to be pissed off at you for it. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to do yourself any favors. It's sort of like when you tell someone is, uh, when someone's dating somebody that you don't really like, uh, if they really seem to like the person, just don't say anything about it. You can't. Cause if you do they're. it's not like they're going to be like, Hmm, he makes a valid point. You know what? We should stop dating. What's going to happen is they're just going to be pissed off at you. Uh, So then they're going to be dating this horrible person and also mad at you about it for some reason. Even if they break up, they're not going to be like, I got to give it to you. You were right. So yeah, I guess don't tell. I don't know. What's like a common fear of flying? Quit telling me to conquer my fear. This is annoying because like, okay, I don't know if I'd call myself a nervous flyer but I don't enjoy flying. And I, you know, like when there's bumps and stuff on the plane, it's like, it's not like I'm terrified. I'm just uncomfortable. And I did like, I went on to like Reddit one time and was like, I don't know, life advice or some fucking subreddit. And was just kind of like, all right, here's my situation. I've flown a lot. And you know, my nervousness in flying doesn't prevent me from flying at all. It's not like a, a factor. I'm not like terrified. I'm not like sitting in my seats just sweating the whole time. But like, I'll never be able to fall asleep on a plane. And like, I just don't enjoy it. It's not like, it's not like just chilling on a bus or something. And so I was like, does anyone have any techniques to sort of overcome this sort of low level fear of flying? And like, let me be clear, I'm not talking about preventing me from flying i'm not talking about like uh you know i'm running up and down the aisle just terrified i'm also not talking about something that i'm trying to intellectualize here and that was like the biggest key cuz i was like i know the statistics that you're more likely to die in a car accident on the way to the airport than you are in the airplane i understand that but like what people don't understand until you're talking about their irrational fear, is like, rationality and fear don't really have a lot to do with each other. Because I'm like, yeah, I mean, if that's how it worked, of course I wouldn't be afraid of flying. But like, no one would be afraid of fucking spiders, the aforementioned spiders, if we we rationalized, if our fears were rational, right? Because you would look at a spider and be like, well, I mean, what's this fucking spider gonna do to me? At worst, it's going to bite me and uh, cause me a very, very minor amount of discomfort. I may not even feel the actual spider bite. I will just, uh, you know, notice a wound at some point. So, like, I don't think fear, you know, if you're watching a scary movie and then you're, like, uh, afraid, is it really helpful to just be like, well, ghosts aren't real. Oh, okay. Boom. Fear turns off like a switch. It doesn't work like that, fuckers. I gave a shortened version of this on Reddit, by the way. Not this entire rant. And of course, everything I got was like, oh, you know, uh, just tell yourself that it's not that scary and you probably nothing will go wrong. And I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. Never would have thought of that. Just to tell myself that. Fucking idiots how far do you go when the alternative is death? The limits of expanded access to experimental drugs. (laughs) I don't know what this is about. I wonder if this is about like using hallucinogens or something like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you're dying and it's like, do you want to try an experimental drug? If, if your doctor is basically like you got like six months tops, you could try this experimental drug. It might work. It might not. I think that like maybe maybe doctors should have the option for someone who's dying but is still in their right mind to just be like, eh, yeah, what do you want to do? You want like medical cocaine or something? You want medical heroin? Do you want do you want like Adderall? I mean, have a lot of energy for your last your last few months? I don't know. Who cares? Shrooms? lsd i mean whatever like why not who who is gonna stand here and be like no 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 you need to face your your imminent doom with uh a sense of your imminent doom i wouldn't want you to take any drugs that uh affect your sense of the ultimate end of your life and possibly the end of everything for you you know what i mean I want you to face that fear every moment of every day in a completely sober way. <laughs> why little kids sleep is so wild. Uh, keeping your head on the pillow may be a learned behavior. Uh, like why do little kids like spin around in the bed and stuff when they're... I who fucking cares why? That's dumb. Oh, it may be a learned behavior to sleep on a pillow. So What? Like, that's dumb. That is just dumb. Who wants to read that? What is wrong with New York Times, people? And then you know what happens. That's exactly the kind of thing that I accidentally click on, and it opens up, and then it's like, oop, you've used your free articles, and I'm like, god damn it. Can't it, like, not count if I clicked on it and then clicked off it immediately? If it's like, well, I didn't read it. I'm, I'm only allowed to click on like five links a month. You say I can read this many articles, but really it's like I can accidentally click on this many links that I didn't realize was a New York times link. If economists are so smart, why ain't they rich? <laughs> Here are five theories. Oh shit. So now do I have to come up with five? If economists are so smart, why ain't they rich? Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm part of a a group on Facebook that's like, uh, there's this guy, Mr. Money Mustache. I think he kind of started, like, the whole fire thing a long time ago and whatever. Uh, so I, I joined this Facebook group. There's this fucking guy who posts a bunch of blogs on there, his blogs. And then, you know, when people are like, eh, I don't think so, he gets real defensive about it. The latest one... He was suggesting uh, alternatives to index funds and was like, uh, get collectibles like comic books. And I was like, this is clearly written by somebody who doesn't know anything about comic book collecting. Because I'm like, if there's ever been a market that's highly speculative and also goes up and down and is pretty unreliable. Like, if you're going to invest in a comic book, if you want to treat it like an investment, there's like four books that you should get. Action Comics, number one. Uh, Amazing Fantasy 15, uh, Giant Size X-Men number 1, and maybe Incredible Hulk 181. That's about it. Those are the only ones that you can count on to just consistently go up in value. And Amazing Fantasy 15, if you buy it today, will be worth more tomorrow. That's a guarantee. But other than that, it's bullshit. Anyway, uh, If economists are so smart, why ain't they rich number one based on all this is like, well, I don't think this guy, if this guy was actually like, you know, uh, financially independent and stuff like that, I don't think he'd be doing all this blog bullshit. So I think he's doing the blog bullshit and that's his job. His job is to appear like he's financially independent uh, and really he's not. Alright, number two, if economists ain't are so smart, why ain't they rich? Uh maybe they're secret rich. Maybe they're smart enough to be like, I'm not gonna tell everyone I'm fucking rich. That ruins it for me. You know, and then like I don't know. I just don't wanna be the subject of articles like, Ooh, Warren Buffett just eats a Burger King and whatever. Well, fuck off. Uh, economists are so smart, why ain't they rich? Theory number three. Because doesn't an economist really just talk about how the economy works and stuff like that? I mean, isn't this a little bit like saying, like, how come if an engineer is so smart, he's not rich? It's like, well, because maybe he can design a thing, but, like, he doesn't know how to sell and market a thing. For example... Being an indie author, um, the best writers aren't always the best marketers. And sometimes, you know, the best writers and best storytellers don't write the most marketable shit. But, you know, overall, it's like, yeah, listen, there's a lot of people out there who enjoy writing books or like doing a stupid podcast, but who fucking suck at marketing it. And sometimes that's because they suck at it. And sometimes that's because uh, they just don't care to do it. Like, they just cannot be bothered. Some of us just can't be bothered, damn it. Theory number five of why economists are not rich? I think that was four. That might have been three, but fuck it. I'll do as many as I want, and I'll, I'll label them with whichever numbers I want. Uh, if economists are so smart, why ain't they rich? Because maybe they weren't always economists, right? They did dumb shit, and then that forced them to become an economist. You know, sort of how, like, uh, the dumb decisions I've made in my life have caused me to become thrifty. (laughs) It's not because I'm, like, good at being thrifty. It's because I'm like, well, I've made some choices that have put me in this position. Alright, here's the next one. We are in a loneliness crisis. Another reason to get off our phones. We need to reconnect with material things. Nature, soil, our bodies, and other people in real life. Um, I don't know. I don't know if loneliness is a crisis for me. I mean, I experience a lot of it. But, uh... It's everyone talks down loneliness and lack of human connection. And I'm here to say, you know, maybe our loneliness crisis is that we're just uh, perceiving it as such a horrible thing. Like maybe I feel like some people talk about boredom this way where they're like, maybe it's good to be bored sometimes. And maybe being bored helps you do more creative and interesting things. Maybe being lonely helps us sometimes. Like, maybe it's good to be lonely sometimes. And, uh, I don't know. It's it's nice when you miss somebody. Like, you live with somebody and you're like, oh, I kind of miss them. Uh, that's a good feeling. Whereas, like, when you were working together every day at the kitchen table and driving each other fucking crazy, that wasn't wonderful. So, you know, I don't know. Being lonely is fine. It's Especially if you're like a a young person who's just like, I don't know, I'm lonely. And you're like, okay, you broke up with your girlfriend like three weeks ago. You're fine. You know what I mean? Talk to me when you're like 40 and you've been alone for three years. Then then we can talk about your crisis. But uh, if the loneliness crisis is that you haven't been able to go to brunch with like six people, four of whom you don't even really like, fuck off. Alright, next. Can we please get over our Twitter obsession already? The platform just doesn't matter as much as we seem to think it does. Um, I just totally agree with that that whole thing. Everybody's like real into Twitter. Everybody's like, oh, here's how I use it, so it's fine. It's not fine. It's the same shit everyone else does. It's not like your carefully curated Twitter is like, oh, you cracked the code. You're so smart, you figured out how to use Twitter and not to have it be a horrible drag on humanity. No one else could figure it out, but you did. Talking to aliens is their religion. Among the aetherius society's key beliefs, selflessness, and extraterrestrial life. <laughs> I mean, why not? This is the kind of shit, though, that I do want to see. Uh Ow. I want to see op-eds about. Hey, here's a religion that believes in aliens. And also selflessness. I guess it would be hard to have a selfish religion that also believes in aliens, right? They're like, we're not that special. Humanity is not special. However, alien, uh, there are no aliens. You know what I mean? Like that, that seems to work. I give this a uh, wacky religion credit for consistency. The Scary Caterpillar. So should we be... Why does this... This starts with the word so. So should we be surprised by the news that the CIA considered using insects to instill fear in Abu Zabaida, a terrorist suspect? Yes. <laughs> I mean... I can only guess what this even means. Uh, The CIA considered using insects to instill fear and so-and-so. Here's the thing that I always wonder with these sorts of things. When we say the CIA considered using insects to instill fear, I'm like, all right, when you say the CIA considered it, are you saying that this was like a, a plan that they put a lot of thought into and very, you know, they were like budgeting getting a bunch of caterpillars because this guy hated caterpillars? Or are we talking about like one asshole who worked at the, the place was like, what if we put a bunch of bugs on his face? And everybody else was like, oh, come on. And then he's like, no, for real, though. What if we did it? And they're just like, here goes Steve with his fucking bug playing again. You know, it's like uh, super Superintendent Chalmers with his magnet boots. <laughs> always with the magnets and it's like uh here goes steve again always with the insects insects are the real cia opera you know that's what i always wonder because here's the reason i've been in many a meeting where i'm like i guess if someone was reporting on this meeting they could say here's something that this group considered and you know the truth of the matter would be like well someone brought that up in the meeting and we didn't all immediately uh, scream at this person. But I don't know how close this was to becoming reality. (laughs) Okay, here's one that's Christmas is weird. Uh, Christmas is the grand miracle that makes space for all the smaller miracles. What? I mean, yeah, obviously Christmas is weird. Christmas is a weird time of year. It's a weird thing. But uh, that's why I, I... have come around on Christmas to say, just like, just embrace that it's weird and kind of fucked up. And, uh, you know, embrace that you're going to probably end up doing some things you don't really want to do. You know, just embrace that. That's what Christmas is. I don't know. Who cares? I mean, just like, just, I don't know, enjoy it. Go look at the lights. Go, uh, go watch a Christmas movie. You'll be fine. It's a seasonal, just a thing that happens. I have, like, no religion in my life, so I'm not here to, like, indoctrinate you. Yeah, Christmas is weird. Deal with it. Uh, We eat horses, don't we? Americans have made periodic forays into horse country hungry for an alternative red meat. (laughs) I mean, I guess I'm not... Here's my guess of why we don't eat a lot of horse meat. I... Well... I was going to guess that there was an economic reason for it. Certainly in the past, I would think the economics of eating horses was, uh, you know, not as good as breeding horses and selling horses and using them as a vehicle. Because, you know, before we had cars, it's like, well, I'm not going to eat this fucking thing. Like, I'm going to ride it until it's dead. But I guess now that wouldn't make sense. I mean, I do think that there's probably, we've probably got much easier systems for managing and uh, raising livestock of cows and pigs. I mean, they're probably a lot easier to, like, manage. You know, uh, a fucking pig's probably not going to leap over a, a waist-high fence, right? So, and, you know, it'll just eat and get big. That would be my guess. My guess is that it's Practical. But I suppose it's possible that there's some kind of, like, uh, you know, moral obligation to, or moral objection to eating a horse, which is weird because, I don't know, I mean, I guess it's like, you know, we don't really want to eat a dog either, but when you when you consider it, you're like, eh, I don't know, how much different is it to eat a cow versus a dog? I mean, that doesn't seem that different to me. Which is a horrible thing to say, but I don't know, fuck it, that's how I feel. I'm like, I I couldn't, here's the thing, I don't think I could justify eating a cow and not use that same justification to eat a dog. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I heard this thing about that that was like, you know, um... Talking about, you know, I don't know. I, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I lost my horse of thought. Um, I, this is why I think the future though is in a restaurant that serves simulated grown meats. So, you know, it's like, then you could have horse meat, which is basically horse protein, but it was never part of a living animal, right? It's just like a fucking horse leg that they grew in a lab or and then you know of course obviously you get to people meat immediately which I would try in that situation I would totally try it I'd be curious I would just want to know wouldn't it be fucked up if we, uh, we ate people meat and then we discovered like Jeffrey Dahmer like all his accounts of eating people meat it was like I don't think he ate people meat at all Based on what he's saying, it doesn't seem like he actually consumed this, because there's nothing like he described. Uh, Let's see. Another anachronism. A letter on oddities of Indiana time notes that Americans refuse to adapt to the metric system. Oh my god. Do you remember when everybody... I feel like now it's become an anachronism to talk about how we should be on the metric system. Have we just given up on that? Like Every once in a while, it seems like maybe a younger person is like, the metric system is so much better, we should just use it. And then, you know, but I mean, if we can't get rid of daylight savings time, what is the chance that it's like we're going to get rid of that? Maybe like what's that Faber castell who makes all the fucking rulers and stuff is like we should switch to the metric system, man. we Re- can resell all of our rulers, all of them. I think that one of the bigger things is uh construction seems to all be in uh inches and feet. and so uh that seems like it would get fucked up real quick. You're like, well, my house was built in inches and feet and then renovated in centimeters. I don't know. I just, this is a thing I don't care about that much, because let's get all cosmic for a second. Let's pretend that I'm dying and I took some drug and got all cosmic. It's not like a centimeter is an actual thing. It's just a thing that we've arbitrarily decided is this size... And uh, we use that so that we can tell somebody, we can describe an object or something that needs to be built to somebody uh, in a way that they can also replicate it, right? So it's not like an inch is actually a thing, it's not like a centimeter is a thing, it's just a made-up thing. In fact, we here at Helpful Snowman are going to make up the snowman. uh, The snowman system and basically what it's going to be is one snowman is it's about an inch it's actually the tip of my left index finger to the line uh the first line the first segment that is one snowman so you know now we've got that so why aren't we on the snowman system Um, here's one that says, Macabre Grocery Marvels. Not since famed psychic's head explodes has a news headline seized and held my intention so insistently as Abraham Lincoln's corpse revived in the Weekly World News of October 5th. Doctors using the Emancipator's remains to test the experimental drug Revivitol brought him around for 95 seconds. This was long enough for Lincoln to get his eyes open and ask, Gentlemen, where am I? before (laughs) re-expiring. That's from 1995 by the way. Yeah, I miss I miss that kind of shit. Don't you miss when like fake news was crap like that where they're like they decided to test a drug to revive a corpse and for some reason the corpse that they decided to test it on was Abraham Lincoln who's been dead for how fucking long. And they were like, "Oh, that's the best." And somehow they had access to Abraham Lincoln's dead body. Rather than just like, you know, reanimator style, where you're like, all oh, right, there's a dead cat, I guess. I feel like that movie would be twice as popular if uh, they didn't have a, a dead animal involved. Just saying. <laughs> the scariest sight on Halloween grownups. Halloween used to be just for children, not anymore. That's by R.L. Stein, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Um, I disagree with you, R.L. Stein. I mean, I, I have my, my qualms with the whole, like, it seems like kids aren't as uh, trick-or-treaty anymore. Like, that doesn't, when I was a kid, that was like a big thing, and now it seems like it's not, even though uh, any science or whatever, any study will show the world is safer now than it was when I was a kid. Although I guess it's not a rational fear to think that your kid will be kidnapped. So, you know, a rational discussion of that doesn't really make the fear go away. But here's the thing, right? I, I have that, like, mild fear of flying, and it doesn't go away from those statistics, but I still fly. The statistics aren't enough to make me feel at ease, but it is enough to make me be like, it's a reasonable thing to fly, Uh, despite these fears so i feel like also it's a reasonable thing to have your kids trick-or-treat and to still feel that fear and nervousness but i mean come on send them out give them your cell phone they'll be fine um but i i I like that grown-ups celebrate halloween as well fuck it uh fuck you rl stein actually i really like rl stein he seems like a very nice person Uh, Here's the last one. Stupid is a strategy. An educational example. (laughs) Um, Well, obviously, as stupid is a strategy. You're listening to stupid is a strategy right now. That's basically the alternative title for this show. Or, or, you know, maybe the subtitle. Like right now on the website, it's just another piece of shit. Uh, I'm going to change that to stupid is a strategy. I think I can do that right now. Let's see. Uh-huh. Logging in. Hopefully you can't tell by these key taps, you know, how, how I'm making this happen. But uh, it just seems like stupid as a strategy seems better than just another piece of shit. Just another piece of shit was what I put on the website... Because when I initially made it, it says something like another WordPress WordPress blog or something. And so I was like, just another WordPress blog. And then it turned into just another piece of shit. And I probably did that like 15 years ago. And here we are. With just another piece of shit. um, Hopefully about to change into stupid as a strategy. This is taking a really long time. Maybe I'll give up on it. Well, you know what? just head over to Helpful Snowman and see if in the little tab it looks like it says stupid is a strategy because I am a believer in the theory that stupid is a strategy and it's kind of our motto all right we'll see you next time let's talk about tune time let's talk about bum wine yeah asking the questions that nobody should Like who are the bone thugs and are they in harmony Your helpful snow?